This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Well, let's pray. Father God, I pray that your word will go forth from this place. Lord God, I pray that you will anoint my words right now, Lord God, and my mind as I preach this word, that it will not get lost, Lord God. As it leaves my mouth, it will plant seeds and it will do the work it was sent out to do. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Amen. Uh-oh. What? What? Okay. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Okay. I can't read sign language yet, sorry. Um, Okay, so my husband likes to open a sermon, a message uh, with comedy, and I don't. I like to just sock it to you. However, this morning he wanted me to open light, maybe because some of it's a little bit heavy on the inside, so get ready with your notebooks and pens. But have a look here on the screen and meet the new member of our congregation. And it's not working, so why did you give me the thumbs up? It's not there. Not there. Okay, is that a no then? Okay, bear with. I can't do this. We're like, you've taken half my sermon time here, man. <laughs> you can guess what it is. I know you know what it is. Do you want to tell everyone what it is? It's a beautiful um, spaniel puppy. That's right, yes. I am getting a golden spaniel puppy in, two, in less than two weeks' time. So you will, I'm sure, meet her. Um, and so we're still trying to figure out on a name for her. And I have to say, you know, an everyday name, the name you call the dog when you want them to come, and I'm not going to call her Stop It, and I'm not going to call her Hurry Up, but we will probably go through various labels as we get to know each other, okay? She will label me boring because she will be put to one side to have a calm down. You have to do that with a spaniel. Um, or I will be labelling her things like joy and laughter as well as calamity Jane and folly. So, we are going through an experience right now of trying to figure out what to name her. Feel free to give me your suggestions. Oh, there she is. So, she's the little golden one. The little golden one on the left there. After all that, you can't see it very well anyway. Okay, right. Let's get into the scripture. God has been taking us on a journey through Luke. Tiny portion by tiny portion. So here we are at Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Let's read. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. 
One thing we know from Scripture is that Jesus knew how to draw a crowd. He's been teaching for some time now because we've been talking about it for the last few weeks, the same teaching part. And more and more people seem to have flocked to where he was teaching. In fact, the Scripture says thousands, thousands so many that they were perhaps inflicting injuries on another, one another because it actually says they were trampling on one another. It actually makes me think of the footage we've seen of people like the Beatles being, you know, mobbed, as it were, by their fans, or Elvis Presley in the old days, and, and modern people now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm really down with the kids, me. Um, <laughs> as a quick reminder for you, this whole teaching started back in Luke chapter 11, verse 14. So just back in the last chapter, when Jesus cast out a demon out of a mute man and restored him to speech. So what Jesus had done was he turned this very quick healing and short conversation into a Christian conference. It was like the first spring harvest or the first soul survivor. It was uh, like the first big church day out, wasn't it? Or maybe, let's call it, it was the first WOMAD. Word of miracles and deliverance. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I don't like festivals, not even some of the Christian ones, because there's too many crowds and bad toilets for me. But I would want to go to the Jesus WOMAD, I have to say. Because Jesus, the Word who performed miracles and deliverance, would be teaching us how to really live and experience the same sort of miracle working life that he did in our lives, to go out and do likewise. And what I really love from this scripture is that he looks after his disciples' needs first. Jesus always looks out for the people he is raising up, and he makes sure they really get it. This is what it says in verse 1. It says, he began to say, there's thousands, he began to say to his disciples first. Okay, this is a teaching for them. This is the in crowd, Jesus was making sure that they didn't miss it because they were the people who were going to pass it on, right? So, as his disciples here on earth together today, let's be sure we properly grasp what he wanted to make sure that he said to his disciples first amongst the thousands. So this is what Jesus said, Luke 12, 1 to 3 again, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. This is what he's telling his disciples first. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. So for those of you with very short attention spans, the too long didn't read version is, be honest, you can't keep parts of yourself, that's attitudes and behaviours, secret from God. That sums up the sermon, so if you want to go home now, feel free. <laughs> right, Jesus compares the way the Pharisees behaved to leaven. And leaven is like yeast. It's a raising agent that you would find in a dough. If you mix only a tiny amount, if anyone has ever made any sort of dough, 
bread type dough, raising dough, you will know it only takes this tiniest amount. It's a ridiculously small amount. It doesn't even, you can barely see it go in to the bowl, but it only takes that tiny amount and it will cause the whole thing to double or treble in size. You can't see it within the dough, but you can see the effects of it. And the effects of something small, hidden, and seemingly insignificant can have huge repercussions. So, it's specifically the Pharisees' hypocrisy that is compared to leaven. So let's look at hypocrisy. Hypocrisy comes from the Greek. You give me a word, any word, and I'll tell you how it comes from the Greek. And anyone who knows my big fat Greek wedding knows that's a quote from a film. Um, <laughs> so it does actually, hypocrisy does actually come from the word Greek, from the Greek word, and it almost sounds the same, um, but it carries the general meaning of putting on an act. That's how it would have been understood in those days. Jesus clarifies what he means by specifically talking about things that were being covered up or hidden from you, view. Sorry, He says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And then he warns that the things we try to keep secret will be exposed sometime. Verse 3, therefore whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. And God showed me, leaven that is hidden in the dough is exposed, is exposed, how? By the behaviour of the whole dough. Just grab that for a minute. The leaven that's hidden in the dough is exposed in its presence there by the behaviour of the whole dough. Jesus says that what is happening in the hidden places will be exposed. Psalm 131, 9, sorry, verse 1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Then verses 11 to 12 go on to say, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark for you. We cannot remain hidden from God. And Jesus is particularly concerned about the way we behave in private. Jeremiah 17 verse 10, God himself says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. Now, many of you who know me know that I will readily admit my faults publicly and maybe too much. I'm one of those oversharers, okay? Uh, I really am. Uh, but in preparing this sermon, I realise that truthfully, I do actually forget to... I'll readily admit where I'm going wrong, but I'll forget to check on my improvements on that thing on that area that I'm working on. I'll tell you how bad it is and how awful I am, but I'll forget to have a little quick check on how we're doing, me and God. And worse still, let's be honest, I hope I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Sometimes I'm the kind of person who will say, yes, I struggle with that. I really struggle acknowledging it, but completely forgetting even to take it to God to fix it. Literally, this week, God showed me, literally, just days ago, God showed me how I could actually be accused of the very thing that I was falling into judgment over someone else about. Sorry, 
I'm, I'm, I'm working this out like the rest of you. You've got to love how God practices on the preacher in preparation, haven't you? At least I realised it. At least I got it. Hallelujah. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm working with him on it. You know, nobody likes a hypocrite. And nobody likes to think that they might be one. But simple maths will tell you that some of us must be kidding ourselves, right? <laughs> God reminded me. It's so easy to be a hypocrite without knowing it. For example, we can often find ourselves judging another person's struggle or bad choices, as in, you know, that's even worse than our own, because of this. I would never dream of doing that. Why haven't they got any self-control? I'd never do that. Look at your neighbour. I mean it, look at your neighbour. They have a whole load of different things going on in there. Your struggle is different, but it's no less important to address, I promise you. The Amplified puts it like this, and I think it brings clarification. Luke 12 verse 1, it says, Be continually on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees. That is their pervasive, corruptive, influence and teaching, which is hypocrisy, producing self-righteousness. I'm all right, Jack. Not sure about him. You know, actually, I haven't got this in my message uh, written down, but I need to say it. Um, It's something I learned years ago. We have to be careful who we allow to minister to each other and who ministers to us, because they pass on the hidden things. And that's a weird thing, isn't it? But I'm telling you that now because I felt a move just to say that. Be very aware. Don't just, you know, don't just... (laughs) I I don't want to say any more than that. I just want to say we should be praying for each other and we should be inviting each other to pray for us. Yes, please do. Okay? But be aware of what you receive. Be aware of of the fact that sometimes there are the hidden things that get passed on. So if you're carrying something that you're ignoring... You might be passing it on as well when you're praying for others. I really believe that, and I'm sorry for just jumping in there with that. It might be even out of where it needed to be. I tried to word it, and I couldn't put it in, and now it's there, so I can't get past it to preach to you anymore until I've said it. So I've said it. It's there. Um, Come and talk to me later if you want to actually understand that a little bit better or get it into context, okay? But I believe that this really is an important message for us for today, for this day and age. Because it's become more difficult to even recognise the leaven mixing in. It's become confusing because society will declare loud and proud that some of the things that actually biblically we should be addressing, we don't need to do anything about it. We don't have to do anything about it. Because it's, it's different. It's, not, it's normal. It's just different. I'm just different to you. So I don't have to change this thing. I'm really going to step on people's toes today, so please excuse me, but I really believe this is a word from God. So we give ourselves excuses. I can't help stealing. I'm a kleptomaniac. It's a disease. My immediate reaction, and maybe it's not very loving, is stay out of shops then. So... (laughs) There are things you can do. It's like letting a man with a dog come and attack you. And, then, and the man goes, well, I'm sorry, you make that dog nervous. 
Um, you, you've made my dog nervous by existing. Um, and so I can't help it. You know, he's just barking and, and attacking you because he's afraid of you. He doesn't mean any harm. Okay, fine. Put the dog on a muzzle and a lead until he's learned better manners. And I'm a dog trainer too, so that is why I bring that in. You know, we can't just sit on an excuse. That's what we're doing when we do that. We have got really good at looking for the label for our particular struggle and then sitting under it as a nice excuse. It's not my fault. It's because of this label. Labels put you in a box and they limit your spiritual and physical potential. Actually, the potential you have to, to have any influence on this world is also limited. Let me tell you, it's not just your spiritual. But society will happily help you find your label. And they'll generously find a reason for why you feel the way you feel or behave the way you do. And you feel better because of it. It has a name. You're not alone. You're one of many. And so you actually put yourself in the box labeled this name. I am this. And honestly, we quite like it in the box. We really like it in the box. Because actually, we realize there's community in the box. It's wonderful. We're not alone. There's others just like me in the box. I'm not so weird as I thought I was. There's many of me within this box. We're all in the box together. And pretty soon, the label becomes our full identity. Instead of... I'm struggling with this in my private life with God, it becomes, hello, my name is Lydia and I am a label. The trouble with the box is that it does restrict your growth. And the funny thing is that as I research this sermon, um, I realise that just as society will readily help you put the label on yourself and get yourself in the box, actually, psycholog psychologists, you know, all psychologists and psychology agrees with what I'm saying that actually labels will limit your potential. So in the same way that they're helping you put yourself there, they're going, actually, you will be limited by this. So let me tell you guys, the label should be information so that you know what you're coming against. I'm not telling you don't find a label. Find a label, I don't care. But come against it and bring it to God. Don't just sit in it as an excuse. God's word is for everyone. There aren't adaptations to God's word for those with a psychiatrist's note. It's time we stop letting our labels become excuses. And it's time we look to God for his actual true call for us. What does he say I am? Who does he call me? Because if your label causes your life to disagree with God's word, it's not God's label for you. That's the end of it. It's that simple. God literally changed people's names in the Bible, happens over and over again, in order for them to fulfill his promises so he can help you change your limiting labels if you submit them to him. We become hypocrites when we play the part rather than live from the heart. Labels and excuses are absolutely everywhere for all our behavior and faults. I can't help it, it's how I was raised. I'm half Spanish, that's just me maybe. Um, I've always been like this. 
I have been given this label, therefore I'm just going to be like this. This is what it means. If Jesus told a lame man to get up and walk, I'm pretty sure he can deal with whatever prevents you from walking in the fullness of his promises. The truth is that we easily will become hypocrites when we overlook things in our own lives because they become socially acceptable and perhaps even positively encouraged and elevated. It's okay. Be happy that you're different. It is okay to be different, by the way, just to be clear. (laughs) We should all be uniquely different. That is how God has made us, okay? Just to be very clear. It sounds like I'm saying something different there, I realised. But we we actually know that it isn't right to use these excuses because when we read certain parts of God's word and we're alone, maybe we cringe just a little when our lives don't reflect what God's word says about us or says we could be and his desires for us. Here's a verse, just as an example, that might make a few of us cringe today. And if it doesn't, when I first read it, it will in a minute. (laughs) Ephesians 5 verse 4. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. So you've got filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking, coming out of our mouth, which are out of place. Instead, we should be giving thanks. Okay, so foolish talk, it's a bit, bit wide, isn't it? Let's, let's have a thought about what foolish talk is. Here are a few things that occurred to me. Silly or thoughtless comments to or about someone, even said with a friendly smile. Speaking negatively, just generally. Speaking, limiting and condemning words over ourselves or over others. I'll never, she's always, there's no hope for him. It's hypocrisy. If we ignore this verse, which I'm going to guess many of us struggle with, it's hypocrisy if we ignore this verse and pluck out the ones around it because they're sins that we don't easily commit. Here's what it says in verse 3. Remember the first one I read you was verse 4. This is what it says just before that. This is the list. Sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness. No, I don't do that. I'm okay. I must speak out and stand against sexual immorality in this generation. Meanwhile, I should keep no watch over my own mouth and words. It's in the same list, people. If something you read in the Bible makes you cringe, and if you learn nothing else today, this is the point to take home. Don't brush it aside. Concentrating on the greater sins committed by your neighbour's daughter or your friend's dad, take some time with the Holy Spirit to discover why you feel uncomfortable when you read it and start working on it. It's just between you and God. Let's be clear. The Pharisees were devout. And I want to be clear about this because we we give them a bad rap. We're talking about them as if they're the baddies in some pantomime. You know, we should boo them every time they come into the scripture. Okay? (laughs) But... They couldn't be accused of not working on themselves. They really were trying to do everything they could to keep the outside of the vessel clean, and they pretty much nailed it. 
They did, actually. They were clean. They were, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing it all right. And I do actually tick off that part of the law. It's nicely signed off. They were putting on the ritz. It was a big performance, glittery act of glorious holiness, but you can cover poop with glitter, but underneath it's still poop. Truthfully, I do think that the Pharisees meant well. I really do. They didn't mean to be hypocrites any more than you or I do. No one really has it all together. The fact that the Pharisees didn't have it all together is not the problem. It's the big show of holiness that would surely make others feel like they weren't quite able to get there or to match up. That was the actual problem. You know, we all have space to grow and become more like Jesus. And if you don't think you do and you don't think you need to make any changes, that right there is probably the problem you first need to start changing. That probably is it. The important thing is who makes the changes in us. Is it your own efforts like the Pharisees? We are ticking off the law and we are doing the stuff. Or is it the Holy Spirit working within you, working a deeper inner change? Because God sees the yeast within the dough. God is most concerned with our hearts, not our outcomes. I'm pretty sure that a human who is truthful and trying to make good choices but keeps slipping up still makes God smile. I'm also pretty sure that a human who thinks they have it all sorted because they ain't as bad as the next person probably does not raise as much of a smile in that moment. I think we all fall into a little bit of hypocrisy and it only takes a little bit for the whole dough to be changed. Um... So, let's have a look. Yes, God showed me that allowing that little bit of leaven is a problem. Not just because it means we're being dishonest with ourselves and others, and yes, that, but because it completely, and this, for me, is the biggest part of the sermon. This is my takeaway today. I'm bringing you my learning today. This is this one. (sighs) Because it completely affects our personal power output too. So we're going to go back to that awkward issue of inappropriate words again. Ephesians 5 verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. So I want to ask you, if I swear and use foul language at home, in private, where you can't hear it, does it make the rest of the words that I say right now here in public less important or powerful? I'm going to, don't raise your hands to answer the question. Just think about that for a moment. I think, from the teaching here in Luke 11 and 12, the answer is actually yes and no. I think that Jesus is saying, strive for a higher standard in private. Stop letting it slide. I think that Jesus is saying, whatever is happening in private, in your thought life or in deeds, is exposed to God anyway. I think the word teaches us that those hidden things, however small, will affect your faith output and the the stuff you actually do. But he's also saying, you can't hold me to a higher standard than you do yourself. You can't brush off my words today because I might swear occasionally at home. You can't do that. Because that would be be hypocritical. (laughs) That would be you holding yourself higher than, uh, holding me higher to a higher standard. Anything that God says is not good for us that we indulge, ignore, excuse, 
or allow to remain will of course affect our faith output. But this isn't supposed to make us feel bad. It's just to get us to be more honest and realistic about our view of ourselves, especially when comparing ourselves to their mother sinners. And I want you to know, and yes, we have gone on a bit longer than usual, but I am going to finish this um, because I really felt God gave it to me, um, that his grace is enough for me. His grace is enough for you. And his grace is enough for their mother sinners too. Let's just, um, I'm, I'm struggling to edit as I look, but I'm going to just skip a bit and I'm going to go here. Hypocrisy is like storing raw chicken in your favourite serving bowl. Then you give the outside a wipe and you chuck some nice clean grapes in it and start passing it around. Not one of you would ever do that because you understand about the germs and bacteria that will be dwelling in that bowl. And you know that you will just have passed around Salmonella, Campylobacter, and seriously sick symptoms to many, many people. And yet we do it because when we excuse our own struggles or sin, we are like that bowl. We are allowing something bad to have the potential to infect others. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The effects of something small, hidden, and seemingly insignificant will have and can have huge repercussions. So I think we have to get more honest with ourselves and stop thinking that it doesn't affect anyone else what I do in private. Stop thinking it doesn't matter what you do, how you behave, the programs you watch, the games you play, the websites you visit, the magazines you read, or the thoughts you dwell on, or the way you talk to your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, children, parents, teachers, or even subordinates at work. It matters. It all matters. And God sees it all anyway. I think Jesus wants us to hold a higher standard over ourselves than we do over others. He starts this passage with the word, beware. This literally means, be aware. So today, we have become aware that the hidden things matter. Hypocrisy does not please God. And he sees and knows everything. So who are you trying to kid? Jesus doesn't ask anything of you that you cannot do. Christianity isn't. We always talk about the more difficult path. Let me just be clear for you just for a moment. Christianity, I'm sure, isn't a rocky road full of trip hazards and pitfalls awaiting to trap you, okay? Because it's actually a strong, safe path designed to be walked out together with God. Because if you're holding his hands, he won't let you slip and fall into any of these things that are around. It only feels like the opposite when we let go of God's hand and try to make it in our own strength and our own way. God has told us that part of the relationship with him is the renewing of our mind. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We were never supposed to stay as we first came to him with those labels that we came with. We become new creations. So today, I want you to decide to remove the excuse-giving labels and be renewed in your mind. That's not going to happen in a moment for most of you. Some of you miraculously, yes, maybe. But actually, this means going home and putting a little bit of effort in. What are the labels I've allowed to excuse me 
And where do they not match with God? I'm going to work on this. I'm going to take it to God. It shouldn't be your work. Not like the Pharisees, cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. It should be the Holy Spirit work on the inside. All you have to do is give it to God and he will do it with you. Be aware of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Leaven it out. Leave it out. Leaven it out. Sorry, I'm trying to mess with the words there, but it doesn't work. Uh, Leave it out of your life. And that's how you enter the hope womad, the word of miracles and deliverance for your real life. We can live the word of miracles and deliverance in our everyday life. We should be living that. We should be seeing more of it. And that's why that was my take home for me. This today was anything that I allow to mess up my bowl, <laughs> it's going to affect my output. Isn't that awesome? Because that means I've got, I can do something about that, actually. <laughs> right. I'm going to read this passage as a closing thought. So I want you to either follow on screen if it's there, and I have no idea how I'm dead to look back. Um, <laughs> or close your eyes and listen to it, because this is scripture. This is Colossians 3, verse 1 to 10. And this is my prayer for you, And for me, this is God's word for all of us. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. There are no labels, but Christ is all and in all. In the same way a little bit of hypocrisy can affect the whole batch of dough, I believe a little bit of honesty can also infect the whole batch of dough. So let's live honest. Let's live submitted to God's changes. Let's live label free, accepting God's call over us as the only label. And what does he call us? He calls us true vine, friend, justified, forgiven, righteous, saint, child and heir and much more. I believe this is how we see the truth of God's word manifest in our own lives. Let's just pray as we close. Father, Father, I pray that every label and limitation will come off us today, Lord God. I pray that if we need to go home and consider this further, that you will not cause us to have any comfort or or ability to put it off any longer, Lord God. I pray that you will purify us from the inside out. It is a work of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. It is our soul submitted to you that has this transforming work that will be seen on the outside as well. It will have a greater effect.
So Lord, may we never ignore leaven in our own lives. And may we more fully learn how to walk out your promises and purposes for us here on earth. Because Lord, you do not call us to anything we cannot do. So Lord, we just submit to you now. And we say, have your way, Holy Spirit, over me today. And always and always. Amen.